Hi listeners, welcome to episode 32 of Define Normal. This week we are discussing softness. It might sound like a random subject, but honestly it's been coming up a lot in my life lately. So I'll start with a quick story. A friend of mine who I met years ago when I was interning in college, uh, we love to have these conversations that are just like about our family and our friends and relationships and our feelings and every conversation we have usually has a lot of depth. So we've learned a lot over the years about each other through these conversations, like just family and and relationships and our likes and dislikes, how we see ourselves, that kind of thing. Uh, Recently, I was spending time with him uh, over the summer and he said to me, I feel closest to you when you're very vulnerable. He's also called me out in past conversations for saying that He's also called me out in past conversations for my need to have like a tough exterior. But this idea of softness has been interesting because, you know, having those conversations with my friend and then recently having a conversation with another friend where she showed a softer side of her and to a guy who she was talking to. And the guy called out that, oh, I've never seen this side of you and I almost didn't know how to react And so for me, it kind of brought up this theme of softness that keeps coming up and, and, you know, specifically in women, but I also think it's something that's interesting for men too. And how do you approach softness? So for me, you know, hearing from a friend that my favorite moments with you are when you're being yourself and present and vulnerable and just sharing was interesting to me because I don't think that's the easiest state of being for me. So I shared that comment with a few people who know me. And they said to be that close to you, to get that kind of vulnerability from you is very rare. Like you don't give that to a lot of people, which isn't revolutionary. That's something I know about myself. But I started thinking about why. And I started thinking about my favorite relationships and what do I love about them. So, you know, my my relationship with my mom, like the reason I enjoy my relationship with my mom is because we have these like very open conversations about our thoughts and our feelings. And she said that on the podcast episode we did earlier this year, and we don't always agree, but we are honest with each other. And sometimes that yields in us agreeing to disagree. But I think part of our relationship being where it is, is a result of having these like very emotional and not like in a crying kind of way, but in a like, this is just how I feel and I feel like I'm getting to know her and I feel like we're being very vulnerable with each other at times. Um, so, you know, for my mom and to, like my best friends from college and that I've met post-grad where we're having these like very honest conversations. But I've also found that like a lot of the times people are telling me things and I'm not always telling them things. And not because I'm being secretive, but I think it's natural that people share a lot with me. And so it's been really interesting to have a friend call out the inequality basically of like people are very vulnerable with you. People tell you a lot. You don't have a lot of people who you do the same with. And if you do, it is known that is a big deal that you are sharing this. I said this in my last episode when I left Facebook, I, there was a going away party and I was crying on camera. And like, I actually said, you know, anyone who knows me, I only cry when I laugh. Like, I mean, notorious for that. But a lot of my close friends, like friends of 10 years plus, have never seen me cry because I'm actually sad and or happy or just emotional in general. And that call was so strange because I'm like, these people are seeing me crying. I mean, I was really crying. It wasn't like 
an elegant cry. It was like, I'm sobbing. And a coworker pinged me and she's like, you're the most graceful crier. I didn't even know you were crying. But to me, it was such a big deal that I was crying on camera. In fact, that sometimes I would go off camera because I was like so embarrassed that I was crying or like, I don't even know if embarrassed is the emotion, but I felt so like uncomfortable with people seeing that level of vulnerability. So I've been thinking about that a lot, about softness and and how I think there's power in being soft, but I also think that it's learn it's not learned behavior. So I started thinking about where does this need for like a tough exterior come from? And it's super interesting because vulnerability does not come naturally to me. And I would I'm sure like there are a few people who agree with that. Like in I think there's a lot of power in vulnerability, but I very much cherry pick the moments where I'm going to show up in this very vulnerable way. COVID has pushed that a bit, right? COVID has put us in situations where it's like, you're like on video calls at home, you work from home. So like, you know, I've been moving around, as I said, a million times during COVID, I've been at my parents' house, I've been at my aunt and uncle's house in Chicago, been all over the place. And, you know, even that there's some vulnerability in that, right? It's like, every time I get on a call, I have to explain to someone like where I am and like what I'm doing and like kind of have them react to the situation in hand. I have colleagues who their kids are popping up or their husbands or, you know, whoever lives with them or maybe it's a pet. Like we're all just kind of like in these vulnerable, like this is my life situations. Like we're inviting each other in our lives in a way that we would never would. So I think naturally there's been more vulnerability there. We've all kind of like gone through it in some mental health ways. Like Friends of mine who stayed in New York during the pandemic, it was rough. I wasn't there, but I've heard their accounts of like the first wave of COVID and like hearing sirens all the time and being alone in tiny apartments, like far from parents and family, being afraid to do simple things like go to the grocery store. And it takes a certain amount of vulnerability to say to a friend, especially me, who was like comfortably at home with my parents. I mean, obviously the pandemic wasn't ideal, but like isn't ideal it's still going on but I had the comfort of home so for a friend to come to me and be like yo I'm really going through it with my mental health like I just sit in my apartment all day it's like that's very vulnerable that's and there's like a softness to that of like I'm coming to you and this is how I feel and I admire so greatly I mean that's just one example of the softness that people the the softness people are comfortable sharing in their lives but for me having a friend call me out that it's like, it's very selective that you show that has me like in this constant state of reflection. Like, why am I embarrassed when I cry? Why do I not share a super vulnerable side with myself, um, of myself to people? And, you know, do I, is that something I want to improve? And I just think that like the world in a lot of ways would be better with more softness. I think a lot of us are trying to navigate with these tough exteriors like not not much phases me not much upsets me I'm gonna be okay and the reality is for those who really know me like I'm actually pretty sensitive as a person like you know to start on the lighter side of things I will cry at any chick flick like modern love is back and I've only watched four episodes I've cried during two of them I don't want to finish the rest of the season because I will inevitably cry. I've been warned that there are more sad episodes to watch. I am that person who my friends have never seen cry, but I will like be in my room crying over a Netflix movie or like not even that softness has to be attributed to crying, but just like when I'm going through something, I'm not really 
I'm not really that person who like goes and shares like this is what I'm going through. Um, but I'm realizing like, again, how much power there is in that. And like your friends feel closer to you because you are sharing part of yourself and, and sometimes they can help you, right? Even if it's just listening, they can help you out and, and talk you through it. And it's interesting because again, I don't feel like it was learned behavior. Like I think about childhood and crying and I can remember a specific instance where I was crying and my dad always used to say like he would basically excuse me if I were crying and like not in a mean way but he basically would be like do you need to go to the bathroom do you need a tissue like it was not like of really addressing the emotions it was just like okay you're crying like you like do you need to go handle that basically and it's interesting because like it's formative in the sense that I don't think he meant anything by that. Just like basically like, okay, like go excuse yourself. Like you're clearly upset. But I think my reaction to that, even as a child is like, okay, like I don't, I guess I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be emotional. Like it's kind of embarrassing to be emotional outward, whether that was the intent or not. And so when we approach this softness conversation, I am, it's just interesting. It's also like very vulnerable to even say it on my podcast like as I was recording this episode and just kind of like mapping out what I wanted to say, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I think being soft, vulnerability is like a muscle that I have to keep flexing. But the benefits I've seen from my friends are, are really interesting because I think we have better friendships because of the things they share with me. And I'm trying to get to a place where I share the same things. One of my friends and I took a vow last year to, to have a year of vulnerability. So we would be very honest with each other and share things. But even then I found myself like being a little coy or like not wanting to fully commit to the exercise because it's a lot to, um, to show up that way. And I wish, like I said, it became more intuitive and I, I honestly don't know what the solve is, but I do want to address, like, the world doesn't always make it super comfortable for women to be super soft. Like, whether it's formative experiences or, like, when you are really soft in a relationship or in a family situation, sometimes it feels like it's taken advantage of. Like, your emotions, your care, um, your vulnerability. And so I've become a person who can be a little bit detached from that. Like, I'm like, let's just be logical. Let's figure out how this operates, like, let's not get in our feelings about it, but I also think that can be dismissive, like, people have really real feelings surrounding things, and it's okay to be emotional about things rather than being so analytical and so obsessed with, you know, what it looks like. Um, I think part of my lack of vulnerability would be optics, like, it's like, if you tell someone all of these things, all your thoughts, all your experiences, how you feel about everything, how does that change the character that you've built? Which is like a very real introspective question I've had. If I share everything about myself instead of talk tracks, who am I? Am I the same person who I am presenting to the world? I admire people who don't care. Like I have friends who are like, no, like this is who I am. I didn't grow up with much or I you know, had a, a, an interesting situation in my home life or I'm not close to a family member, like whatever it may be, um, the things that people have shared with me, it's like, wow. I mean, I think it's incredible that, and I think it's incredible that they're sharing, but also like reflecting. I don't think any differently about them 
because of the things they've gone through or because of the things they shared. So it's like constantly trying to apply that same grace to yourself, but it truly doesn't come naturally to me. I also think often like, why do people need to know that? Like, and again, that's like that old mindset, right? Like, you know, you, your business is your business. Like you don't need to tell other people, but I have really just been thinking about the kind of softness I want to have, the kind of, the kind of experience I want to have with even that word. Like, do I, what does softness mean to me? And in some ways it's like, you don't have to act like everything's okay. And you also, it's okay to act hurt. I think like that's not a fun emotion and that's not an emotion that I like to admit like, oh, okay, well someone hurt my feelings. Like I said, I'm incredibly sensitive. So like, even though I don't show it, like things, things definitely upset me. And so it's interesting to think like, what would it be like if I just said like, oh, that hurt my feelings? Like, what if I just lived that out? I think part of not being soft and not being vulnerable is you would have to ride the wave. Like you would have to say, this is how I feel about this. This hurt my feelings. This made me sad, etc." And to be honest, I just don't have that much experience with that. I like the reward and I'm going to put reward in quotes. I like the reward of like not crying and, and not seeming affected. And it's like very immature in some ways, but it, it feels like I won. Like you didn't, what you did didn't affect my emotions outwardly. And I won. And it's just having a friend say to my face, like, I feel the closest to you when you are vulnerable and you're sharing certain things and you're just saying the truth and how you, and I can tell it's like, this is just how you feel. That's when I feel like we're actually getting somewhere. And so I've been thinking like, not just to appease my friend, but in general, like, why don't I have more of those moments and what can I do to have more of those moments? So I'm thinking about some ways to be more vulnerable and I'm sharing this because I know some of my friends and even those who are listening who maybe we haven't met and we're not friends yet. It's a similar exercise that you may be going through. I mean, even in friendship, I can be, when something goes wrong and this has been brought to my attention, I can be the friend that's like, all right, well, like you're mad at me or this happened and like I'm moving on with life. Like I have other friends, I have other things to worry about. And, like, even if in my head I'm, like, thinking about that person or, like, kind of bummed at what happened, I'm, like, no, like, my natural inkling is to, like, keep moving. Like, I'm fine. It's fine. It'll figure itself out. And it's just that's not how I always actually feel. But it is interesting how it's easier for me to just, like, avoid what I feel about it and keep going. So if that resonates with you, if you're a person who continues to keep going regardless of your emotions. I think I'm challenging all of us to lean more into our softness. I like how it feels when I can be really honest with a friend and I can have those moments of like, wow, this really made me sad or like it's really hard that I'm going through this. And honestly, like they are very rare, but I think that there is so much power in shared experiences and like letting people know how you feel like the second I open my mouth there are other people who are like yeah I felt that way too or I totally understand and and I think there's no need to go through it alone so I've been thinking that about that a lot and just how I approach things and you know my obsession with with everything being okay or at least appearing okay so I'm trying to let that go then the spirit of vulnerability I I would like to share just kind of like 
things that are top of mind of, of what I'm going through. And like, I know I've been talking about the podcast and I know I've been talking about my new job on the podcast and just everything that comes with that. But like moment of vulnerability, I've been nomading. I got rid of my apartment in February and that's been interesting because it's like officially I don't have a home in New York. So although I haven't really been living in New York since last March, when I got rid of the apartment in February, it felt like very permanent, which it's not. I'm moving back in January, but like, I don't know. It's it's interesting like how much of your identity is tied to a place. So it feels weird not to be in New York. It feels weird not to have my own apartment. It's been humbling to live with family and I'm like beyond grateful. Like I, I have no space to complain just because I'm lucky to like my family enough to live with them. I'm lucky that my family likes me enough to let me live with them. And it's been really great to spend time with them and also just like save money. The financial part of it has been amazing. Like I've got my finances together in a way that like I probably would not have if I wasn't able to live at home for this long. And so just like from a saving money standpoint and and that kind of thing. So I'm thankful, but I'm also being real about the mental health aspect of just like not having my own space and being 28 years old and feeling like, okay, like my stuff is everywhere. Like stuff's in storage, stuff's at my parents' house, stuff's at my aunt and uncle's. Like I'm always moving. Like now that the pandemic has changed to where we're not in lockdown, it's like we're back to doing things on the weekend. So it's like the mental health issue of getting COVID. Like I got COVID after one of these weekends where we were allowed outside. Like I got COVID. I had to be isolated for 10 days. I started a new job. I've been moving around like a crazy person. It's hard to be social because it's like we haven't been social like this in so long. And so on the one hand, those things may all feel like complaints to you. But I think there is, you know, some vulnerability in me admitting like, although life is good, right? Like I have my health. I have a job. I have my friends. My family's healthy. I spent more time with my family than I have probably, you know, since I was, my mom says, since I was in middle school. So all that is stuff to be grateful for, but it's also the reality of like, although it looks fun and we're all like out and about again on Instagram, we are really all going through some really hard mental health stuff, whether we realize it fully or not. And I think it'll hit people differently, but it's like, should we go back into isolation? What was it like to get COVID? Having the fear that you'll get COVID. I know, you know, this wasn't my situation, but I know people have had like hard times with like jobs and finances and there's just so much going on that like I don't think we all have fully grasped and some of us probably are and are working through it now but I just encourage everyone and myself included this was a reminder to just like approach things with an amount of softness like it's been really cool to see people get more vulnerable on Instagram like people are no longer using Instagram as like well that's not true less people are using Instagram as like this highlight reel and a lot of people have been really real on their Instagram stories of like I'm struggling with this or I, you know, haven't seen my family next amount of time or I'm struggling to open my laptop for work, not because I hate my job, but just because I have been working from home for almost two years and I'm miserable. And I, it makes me feel heard and affirmed to see these things because it shows me I'm not alone. So I am sharing that you're not alone and I hope we can approach things with a little more softness. I think the softness isn't just about 
not having a tough exterior, but it's allowing yourself like the space to alleviate that pressure of acting like everything is okay because it's really not. And it's okay that it's not okay. And I know it's hitting us in all different ways. Like I don't want to assume what anyone's situation is, but just it's, I mean, there's a lot that we're living through and I know it's sprinkled with fun of getting to see friends and family again and like go to barbecues and go to summer trips and, and all that stuff. But it's also the reality of like, wow, there's a lot of loss during this time. A lot of people moved away from cities that they loved. A lot of people are just like, you know, thinking about people who aren't as fortunate as us. Like I have an existential crisis probably once a week about like, oh great, how privileged do I feel that I was able to get my finances in this like awesome place during COVID. But meanwhile, we have a country where we're talking about People want to buy houses after all these people lose their houses due to the pandemic. Like people have literally said to me, oh, wow, you're thinking about buying a place. Why? Like you should get it after the market crashes. And I'm like, the thought of that is really sad. The thought of more people losing their homes because we as a country could not handle a global pandemic correctly. So bringing it back, I really just want us all to normalize softness normalize having feelings around around things and and acting like you're not always okay because I'm not always okay and you're not always okay and it is okay to share that thank you for listening to another episode of define normal if you like the episode or have any feedback for me please leave a review on the apple podcast app you can also follow the podcast on instagram at define normal see you next week